0: The Inside Ellen Road Podcast is sponsored by PR Supplies at Unit two Wither Park Industrial Estate Leeds, postcode LS five three AP. Check out PR Supplies on Facebook for all your home retail needs. Hello and welcome back to the Inside Elland Road podcast with myself, Joe Donoghue, and the YEP's Chief Football Writer, Graham Smith. It's almost 2024, and Leeds United are still finding weird and wonderful ways to self-inflict disappointment on their supporters. Um, while Boxing Day was a gut punch, Ipswich's nightmare before Christmas was a joy for all those at Elland Road and the many more watching on from further afield. And I'm sure everybody would rather have taken points off Ipswich as opposed to Preston, if given the choice. Um, we're only just past the halfway mark of the season. There are plenty of points to be won. while nobody's seeking a reminder of the gap to the automatics, this team certainly has quality and stranger things have happened. Um, now many of you will have been pointing the finger at Illa Melier for the result on Boxing Day, and believe me, we'll get into that later on. But I think one particular culprit's gotten away with things a little bit lightly. Graeme, do you think your your no-show at Deepdale had anything to do with Leeds' performance? Some of the some of the players may be feeling, I don't know, a little off-color or taking it easy knowing that you weren't there to hold them to account with your ratings
1: uh potentially um or maybe you were like the substitute teacher you know I, re- I remember once at school a substitute teacher walked in uh in english and we all cheered like <laughs> like but cheered in a way like like if you're watching a film and there's like a, a prison scene and they bring in the fresh fish and everyone cheers with like a you know we're gonna we're gonna get to terrorize someone new Type, that was that kind of cheer. Maybe that's how the Leeds players felt when they looked up to the press box and saw that it was you um, instead of me uh, who was reporting on the game. Um, I have enjoyed, though, still taking flack for the ratings that I didn't write. Uh, that's, been, that's been a real highlight of the last few days. Um, days in which I've spent most of my time trying to drum up a Christmas-related Leeds United team, um, and I haven't managed to complete it, which is... Ruined Christmas for me, really. I had a Fark the Herald Angel sing, obviously. Um, and but do they know it's Christmas time at all? Okay. Um wrote on the first day of Christmas. Uh a, a, a grey and, and a manger. That's um, see that's good, that's topical. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, did I find any more? I think that might I couldn't think of one for Stroik. Um yeah, I think that I think that might have been as far as I got, Uh, but if any more, come to me while we're recording. Mary's boy child, Pascal Stroik.
0: Uh, All right, okay, sorry, I'm just coming up with this right off the cuff. You've had days, as you've just said, (laughs) to come up with this rubbish, right? And you've decided to say it within the first three minutes on this podcast when everyone's going to be listening. No one's in a Christmassy mood anymore because of what happened at Preston. Nothing to smile about in my life, as you might say.
1: Um, yes, Christmas, Christmas well and truly uh, ruined um, by Leeds United. I wonder how many times, how many years that's happened for for Leeds fans. You know, Leeds well, fans that determined. Kind
0: of, that was my verdict um, that I wrote after Preston. It was just, you know, that's that. Now that's what I call the championship. You know, beating Ipswich 4-0 really convincingly, really comprehensively. And then losing 2-1 to Preston, who just they really, I mean, apart from Liam Miller, they didn't offer much. It were just a big, as you might, again, as you might say, a big team of galoots. And yeah. with one tricky left winger with
1: frosted white tips in his hair. Um, but, you know, we all know what happened. Frosty the snowman on left wing. Yeah. Um, I'm walking in Ruter, uh, obviously. Oh, no,
0: see. Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I really, really want you to be bad at these, but yeah, they're I- actually quite good. I think we should try and resurrect. This should be the podcast that resurrects uh, Christmas. Um, Famous Christmas, famous not for having a protagonist who was resurrected at some point in the in the future. Yeah, Um, Spence Spence in Royal David City, mm. or Good King Wences Spence, (laughs) Good King Spenceless. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, dear. Um, Yeah, I I didn't. I can't say that I gave the Preston game my one hundred percent. Undivided attention, exact. Um, which is probably why I got quite a few angry responses to my kind of halftime. I just thought I'd chime in with you know a couple of things that I'd enjoyed in the first half, uh, and that went down really well. Were um, you watching a different game? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, thing is, I wonder if it's because I wasn't watching it with you know you, uh, uh, who is a notorious thief of joy or anyone else in the audience. When you watch a game with people, you're maybe more likely to verbalize negative thoughts. You know what I mean? And then you kind of... Or, or positive thoughts. Then you're sitting in your... Not you. Then you're sitting in kind of your negative bubble or whatever. Because I was watching it kind of with half an eye, and the other, the other eye and a half was on kind of, you know, family Christmas, so as not to get told off. Then perhaps I wasn't kind of saying out loud the bad things that I'd seen. And so I was maybe only thinking about a couple of good things that I'd say. And I thought Stroy had a really good first half. I thought Kamara had a really good first half. Um, I thought Archie Gray had a really difficult first half. Um, but who wants to begin a, a Christmassy tweet with, oh, that 17-year-old child, uh, that boy child is uh, is being absolutely rinsed there. Um, yeah, so, uh, so yeah, I said a couple of positive things. Got... Soundly kicked in the shins from all directions, and uh, you, Graham,
0: you should know better. That you should know better by now, though. After Leeds have lost or Leeds aren't playing very well, you can't bring any positivity to the timeline because you will get kick, kicked in the shins.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. Everyone turns into Scrooge, don't they, or, or the Grinch? Um, yeah, I reckon there were a lot of Christmas trees torn down actually on, on Boxing Day uh, after Mellié uh, did what he did. Um, why did he do, why did he do that? I mean, it's almost like he's gone this much of his life without realizing if you put your hand in someone's face, you might just get sent off. Mm. Um, I mean, it's not really boxing day. Melier, you're not meant to actually box. Yeah. Uh, do you know why it is called boxing day? Actually? No. Yeah. We looked it up on Boxing Day, and I already have forgotten. Uh, oh, all right. Okay. I
0: thought you were going to indulge me uh, and i and thought you were going to take the opportunity to educate me something some about
1: um it might have been something to do with working people or servants boxing up their belongings and going home um mm, to festive. celebrate to celebrate christmas uh or it might have been something to do with tradespeople. i, I can't remember but it's not to do with actual pugilism no so melie definitely got the meaning of boxing day wrong um 10 10 out of 10 for the theatrics obviously, a bit of panto uh, yep. from the from the Preston man. Um, but you just cannot, you just cannot, must not, should not ever put your big sweaty glove in a man's face uh, <laughs> like that. Because the smell the glove routine, it might have got you a yellow card 20 years ago, but it's almost inevitably going to get you a red card these yeah. days. There was no hesitation yeah.
0: he, from the referee. And he'd already
1: kind him? of aimed a bit of an elbow at a player who'd made contact with him and it you know having seen the red card my first thought was will falko defend him or will this be the time when he finally kind of criticizes somebody um but he wasn't particularly minded to criticize melia was he not really there was sort of a little bit of both it wasn't he said he needs
0: to be smarter and he needs to be i don't know just a bit he needs to not react to provocations that was kind of the extent of his I don't know, is, is at least his is public chastising of Mellier. Uh And I think he preferred to focus on, similar to sort of the Mourinho playbook, really, where his, um, his player has done something wrong and he decides to focus on, you know, what the the sort of the external elements, you know, the referee, you know, he, he influenced the game, you know, the crowd was baying for blood and the theatrics of the opponent, kind of taking the blame and the story away from the actions of his player, which, you know, I mean, I saw a lot of people trying to say, "Oh, it's 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 ridiculous." That he's been he's been sent off for that. He's he's hardly even, you know. It's it's a it's a rugby league style handoff to the face. You know, he needs to needs to man up. That they're, they're the rules. You raise your hands, you're getting sent off,
1: um, yeah. or you're was very the, very what lucky. The, what was the reaction in the ground? I know the reaction from Preston fans will have been, which would have been exactly the reaction of Allen Road had a visiting keeper done that yeah. to Ruter. Um Were you close enough to the Leeds fans to kind of? hear like an audible groan was it like on boxing day when your uncle or your your dad makes a joke that you know 20 years 20 years ago he would have got a yellow card for uh um... air horn just like yeah, <laughs> yeah what was it? I don't I say don't that day. anymore it's 2023 what was the general reaction from, from um, fans
0: in the grind t- to be honest i can't really remember because i think the the majority of us were looking at it going oh no he's 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 done he's done himself there and then the red card came out. I think, as you'd, as you'd always get from a, a home crowd, you get celebrations whenever a red card comes. But I think there was a little bit of what on earth has gone on there from the Leeds fans, because it was at the other end of the pitch. So, you know, even with the best will in the world, you, you're not seeing the the incident up close. I mean, we've seen, there's loads of photographs since, and, and the video, and obviously it was on Sky, and they will have had close-ups. But those in the ground, they'll probably have thought, you know, there was a little bit of going forehead to forehead, but then after that, and then a shove from Osmeich, Uh Whether they've whether they've seen Melier's arm go out, I don't know. But yeah, it, it was difficult to to gauge what the what the, the thoughts of as it, as it is with trying to gauge the collective thoughts of five thousand seven hundred people at once, Graham. So, you know, maybe maybe you want to try uh, try
1: your hand at that next time. I, d- I don't you? know. I just I just wondered if there was like a a, a collective howl of anguish or a kind of collective, you know, face palm 5,700 hands go into foreheads um, uh, like what's a thunderclap that, what's that from? Is that from airplane or something? yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it is, yeah, exactly that um, yeah. yeah, he's he's really cost leads um, and though you know, they've got back into it um, and, and got an equalizer you're always going to mightily struggle to get a result after that. Always,
0: because they were organised,
1: weren't they? Preston <laughs> organised. They they were organised, but they, were, they weren't they
0: anything special. Like they weren't no. they weren't the most organised team that Leeds have played this season. And Farkas' comments at the end of the game were were quite true. You know, he he was like, I don't want to focus on what Melia did. I don't want to focus on you know Archie Gray having a tough afternoon. I want to I want to say I wasn't happy with the creativity of my players, uh, my attacking players, particularly in the first half. And I asked him, I said, you know, what, what was it? Do you think that, that meant that your attack didn't click? And he was like, "It's. I don't think it was tactically. I think it was sort of mentality, um, which makes you think, you know, will he actually change up that front four um, against against West Brom? Because it's a possibility, um, given how, I don't know, how it. it wasn't, you know, him throwing anybody under the bus because he didn't name anyone any one of the 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 attackers and say that i wanted a better mentality from them it was sort of as a collective which again is is him you know deflecting attention from individuals but it's kind of one of the first times that he's really dug a section of his team out after a defeat isn't it whereas previously he's come up with lots of excuses and you know mitigating circumstances um which you know not all of them have washed but the, the take-home message from him, or the, the one that he wanted to, to express, was that he wasn't content with the way the, the, the team attacked in the first half.
1: Yeah, there were, there were some issues, weren't there? I mean, you had... One thing I noticed that was um, aesthetically displeasing was Spence, whenever he got any kind of penetration down the left or he got into a good position, there were times where he was forced away from goal by his own one-footedness. Um, mm. You know, whereas if he was on the right, he'd have kept going or he'd, he'd have cut in a little bit. I felt like to keep the ball under control, he had to take it away from goal and go back towards the touchline and then recycle the ball. And I know Leeds quite often recycle the ball um, for favour of looking for a better entry to the box than just a, a cross or, or a hit and hope. Um, I felt like it stunted the attack a little bit. I also felt like Ruter had a couple of good moments in the first half where he pushed the ball ahead of himself, you know, kind of turned the player, but they didn't get him into the game enough and it was another one of those where Peru didn't really create, you know, like you'd maybe mm-hmm. want your 10 to create and it feels like a a debate or a a talking point that we have almost every other game, you know, they'll have a game at home where They'll beat Ipswich 4-0 and everybody's on song and Peru arrives on the edge of the box to score a lovely goal and Ruter is beating people left, right and centre to create and Somerville scores and looks dangerous and and James has end product about him and he has danger about him and he helps on the counter. And then we have a game against a team that, that doesn't really come to play that much and Peru is a very frustrated looking figure and very quiet and then it's after games like that that you look at his assists and he's got one, I think he still only mm-hmm. got one this if season? He's only got one, yeah. You know, Farca will often say, whenever you bring these things up, like the 10-9 dynamic, Farca will often say, you know, that, well, Pereira's already there with quite a few goals. And, and if he ends the season with this, you know, kind of the scoring rate, then he'll have done really well. True. But it's after games like Preston and other games we've seen, um, was Coventry another one, where you think, is your 10 creating enough? You know, is, is your 10 incisive enough but do, do you think there's a there's an argument
0: to be had here that it's it you you've got a home Joe Piru and an away Joe Piru?
1: yeah. Or do you have a home team and an away team? You know. Well, do yeah. You? I mean, just
0: just looking at Piru's goals here, he hasn't scored away from home since he got that brace against Millwall, and that was the seventeenth of September. He does have nine for the season, so obviously it's not a bad haul. Um, but he's got every one, two, three, four, five, six, six of his goals
1: since then um, have all been at home. Yeah, you almost wonder if it's time to try something different away from home, uh, if it's time to have Cree, yeah. Cree as the 10. Um, I mean, maybe, and we'll come on to talk about this, maybe they've got something lined up for January that's going to be a, a solution for that conundrum. Well, but, he, he was the, the first player sacrificed
0: as well. Well, he was the player sacrificed for, for Darlo. Uh, after fifty odd minutes, when Melia was sent off as well, which I thought initially I was like, okay, well that's going to impact your firepower. But then I thought, well, actually no, he hasn't done very much today, so I can understand why he's he was the the immediate right. Let's get let's get rid. Um, and I actually think that I think Ruteau was better in the second half when Leeds were down to ten because he was coming deeper, he was picking up the ball and being able to run at players, you know, like he tends to do in second halves of games at Ellen Road, um, and really trying to to, to do it himself um i think that there, there is also something to be said about the fact that you've got somerville who's 22 piro who's 24 ruta who's 21 and they do tend to struggle a little bit with the more physical sides you know the ones who are going to be right at your back like preston were um maybe that's a just a, a an experience thing maybe it's a know-how thing um because physically you look at piro you look at Ruter, and even somerville you know he's quite he's quite strong for deceptively strong for his size um they they can't handle themselves physically but when they get a lot of attention as they did in that first half against preston it can dampen their um their, their attacking
1: spark a little bit and i don't know what the solution is in the squad to that because you've got mateo joseph who's been pretty bright you know pretty lively he's 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 stood up to the task well but he hasn't changed the game Mm. He, he hasn't shown kind of that that level of talent yet. Um, and and it's difficult because he's coming into games that are either already won or games that f- have been difficult for players of greater experience and, and players who are further on their journey. Patrick Bamford, yes, he is probably more capable of handling physicality of centre-backs. He's more experienced, certainly. But we've also seen games where Bamford has been just bullied out of games. You know, his physical play and his ability to battle centre-backs has improved massively since he first arrived at Leeds. But saying that, I've also watched games where a centre-half has just just not given him a sniff. You know, he's not been Mm. able to win that arm wrestle and dominate. Um, And also, he's not having a good season. Um, And he's not changing games. And yes, same caveat applies that he's being brought in for short cameos. But even when he's been brought in and Leeds have been on top, he hasn't looked on song. He hasn't looked confident. He hasn't really grabbed the game by the scruff and, and taken an opportunity. Um, you know, games have almost passed him by. Uh, he's looked like a really frustrated character, actually, um, on the pitch. Um, <clears throat> and actually, I felt I felt like it's been coming for a while. Um, the kind of the need to ask Daniel Farker about Bamford and, and his contentment. But it was Ipswich, wasn't it, where leads always film the players arriving. And um mm-hmm. you kind of get you get players kind of the fist bump they, the camp, the fist bump, the guy behind the camera, or they uh they kind of smile or they say hello. They they greet um, they greet the camera, uh, and Patrick Bamford walked down the corridor, blowing out his cheeks uh, in the way I do after trying to wrestle four kids, you know, into whatever it is I want them to do, whether that's going to bed or just generally showing me some respect. Um, you know, he looked like a man fairly fed up, uh, and his kind of look to the camera or look to the guy behind the camera was like a, you know, right. Say you you won't know this, but say you're in like a a play center or a place where there are lots of kids and two dads kind of pass each other and they kind of raise their eyebrows kind of like, yeah, I'm going through it too. That was the kind of look. (laughs) I don't want to be here. That was the kind of look that Bamford gave. And, It was picked up on. There was a few people kind of picked up on it. It might have been entirely inconsequential. It might have been completely unrelated to him and Leeds United. Um, But you know that you're being filmed, right? And you know that this goes on social media before every game. You know that fans are going to be watching this. And you also know that your every move is potentially going to be discussed and become a talking point. You add that to the fact that he has stopped walking around the pitch after games to applaud Elland Road, and he heads down the tunnel pretty much straight away. Um, There's been a couple of occasions where he's kind of clapped over his shoulder at the south stand if they've applauded him off Um, against Ipswich. I don't think he even did that. He just went straight down the tunnel. I felt that was probably worth bringing up with Farker in our embargoed section for the Preston game, just to ask, is Patrick Bamford happy here? I, he can't be happy with his minutes. He can't be happy with the fact that he's not been scoring goals and probably not getting the chances that he that he wants to get. Um But Farker kind of said, Well, you'd have to ask him, and then went on to talk about what he sees from Bamford in training. You know, he sees him supporting younger strikers. He's always given Jorginho advice. Um He's playing the good teammate role, you know, which is which is to his credit because there's got to be a part of him that wants Jorginho to kind of not be starting every game. So it's kind of almost self-defeating, isn't it? It's very side before self to be dishing out advice to the man that's keeping you out of the team. Um, but I do wonder about his contentment at Leeds. And, you know, I wonder if there's still a hangover and it would be fully understandable from what happened to him late last season when he was taking flack and and it went way too far. You know, it it went from criticism of performances into abuse. You know, people took out their frustration at, at Leeds United in a way that was unacceptable on Patrick Bamford as an individual and on his family, which is just so far beyond what is acceptable. And and it wouldn't surprise me if that was still on his mind. It'd probably still be on my mind if that, that had happened to me and, and my family, I'd be I'd be the world's most bitter man, um, but I, I don't know. I just wonder how content he is at Leeds United and, and how things have gone. Because um, in the Championship, you would have expected Patrick Bamford to play a lot more and score a lot more and and be an important player. That's what we were anticipating because he's been here and done it before.
0: But is Patrick Bamford after you know two and a half seasons worth of you know not? not playing regularly enough not scoring regularly i think he got six goals over the last two seasons is he still one of the best strikers in the championship when you think about it
1: because he's had so
0: so many entries hasn't he you know well yeah you can you compare him to like the likes of well piru before he signed for leeds as well he was scoring 40 goals over two seasons tuba akpom last season could you see patrick bamford you know i think they're only separated by two years in age akpom and bamford could you you know victor gokeres um, who's now at Sporting? Who was at Coventry? You know, could you see Patrick Manford going and doing a 20-plus goal season? No, because you can't guarantee that he'd be available for that length of time to, to actually get those goals. So you can see why Leeds have had to had to act and, and sign players um, who are going to be available, because availability is—you know—you look at the best players in the world: Lionel Messi, Cristiano Ronaldo, um, you know, you you your Mohamed Salah, Harry Kane. That by and large, they're always always fit. And ready and available, it is. It is the the most important commodity when it comes to to, to football players. I think, um, and yeah, I, I just don't think Leeds would have been able to count on him. So I can't. I can't. Obviously, I sympathise with his situation. The, you know, the, obviously, everything you said about the the abuse that he suffered. No one. No one. Absolutely no one in their right mind is ever going to condone that. But I think my my empathy for his situation goes so far. Because if if I'm in Patrick Bamford's shoes right now, I'm doing everything I can on and off the pitch to convince Daniel Farker that, yeah, you know what? I've been here. I've done this before. I am the man to to, sol- to, to solve this issue. I'm the man to fire you back to the Premier League. I'm the man to, to, to deliver... Um, the this this uh, another shot at Premier League football that he so desperately want that Farka death so desperately wants, which he outlined in his interview and outlined in his first press conference. Um, when he was announced as manager, I'm not puffing out my cheeks, I'm not looking like a you know, I'm not looking as though I'm not suggesting he is, but I'm not looking as though I'm sulking in stuff that's going out on, on club official accounts. I am doing everything that i can to get fans on side even if i'm not feeling it even if i feel like they don't deserve it i, I just i feel as though it's very yeah it's it's a difficult one for him i, I don't I, similar to you i can't really work out what where is where his head is at um and I'd like, to, in football, I'd like to it's so important isn't it to to know to have that that peace of mind and that that confidence
1: yeah i'd like to know where he's at you know and I, I don't think that we're going to get the chance to ask him anytime soon. Um, Yeah, I'm I'm caught between wanting to resist that whole footballers are there to play and not be heard and they should just shut up and and, um, be thankful and uh, and take all the the flack that comes their way with with a grin. I don't don't want to go down that route. At the same time, I wondered how wise it was to do a podcast uh, in a season that was going the way it is and i know that they were probably all so many episodes were pre-recorded before you know this this period of goallessness and very few minutes and struggle kind of deepened i also wondered about the hair it seems like such an inconsequential thing yes i know i shouldn't talk about hair but uh, you know that dramatic reveal on the touchline when he took the hat off it it is it too reductive to say, just keep your head down? You know, don't draw attention for anything other than your football. Uh, or I mean,
0: I, I is just, it... I'd say, Graham, we're, we're getting dangerously close here to be, being one of those stick-to-football types. <laughs> yeah, know, well, that's you know what I, what I mean. want to
1: resist because, I mean, I myself wrote a column about how Patrick Bamford shouldn't just stick to football whenever he was putting out stuff about Black Lives Matter, whenever he was... Um, getting involved with charitable work for kids who don't have enough in schools that don't have enough. You know, I I feel like Bamford has almost been, whether it's a conscious decision by him or whether it's the circumstances, I feel like he's almost been silenced a little bit as a character because he he used to be very forthright on environmental issues and all of that. Um, So, yeah, I don't want to go down that route of saying stick to football. But it all just adds up, you know. The podcast and everything—it just—it—it—it's given him attention for things that he doesn't need attention for at a time when actually he needs to score goals. Um, you know, Graham. You know, anyone, anyone would think that you were jealous that he was—he was stealing listeners of us.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, you listen, know, you, son, want, you want to
1: be you, careful that that doesn't come across either. You enter the podcast sphere, you know. It's fair game. Your you're arrival, gonna get, You're gonna get your legs broken. You're a rival now. Um, yeah, I haven't, I haven't really delved too much into the podcast. I listened to the first one. and I actually thought it was really good. And I actually thought if anyone has the chops to carry off a podcast with a comedian in the lead squad, it's probably Patrick Bamford because he's got a brain and a personality and he's, and he's quite witty. Um, I just don't know how wise it is with his current situation, you know?
0: Um, Oh, Patrick, you're so witty. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I Patrick, cannot, you've, you've got literally cannot, literally cannot win with you um <laughs> well it's, it's been as, it, as as probably how he feels to
0: us that sorry say again it's probably how he feels mm. as uh, yeah about you and your ratings um since it's a while since we've done one because of you know holidays and and working arrangements and you know people have said where's the podcast we missed the whimsy we missed so i'm just trying to try to get it back to that level where we were i'm just trying to make sure that you know like like Bielsa always said about Liam Cooper he's somebody who can always come straight back into the team his rhythm is there bang on straight away after after he's spent a time out um there's no rust i don't think there's any rust um but i think you know what in the spirit of christmas we have been a little bit too i mean yes the result was the result did dictate but we've been a bit downbeat the past couple of minutes with that patrick pamford chat so i'm going to i'm going to get the ball rolling on what gifts would you buy for members of the Leeds United squad? Now, I'm going to say, on your chat just then, I'm going to say I'm going to get Patrick Bamford a, um, you know you know the boxes of hair dye that you get, like the Schwarzkopf ones. I mean, I'm, <laughs> I, d- I don't know why I'm asking you, do you know the boxes of hair dye? <laughs> I've realised what I'd said then. Um, but you know the ones you see in boots are like Superdrug or something. I'm going to get him one of those. I'm going to get him to restore it to his natural colour.
1: No, uh, I would go instead for um, a cheap pair of uh, hair clippers to take off the 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 weight, the bulk of the hair, and then the same Remington kind of skull shaver that that I use, because I think his life would be a lot less complicated as a bald man. I think it would allow greater focus on you know the important things in life. Um, what else would I? What else would I get? Uh, Which players?
0: Would you like me to suggest players, and then you give me what what their present
1: would be, or or vice versa? Uh, yeah. Give me give me a player, and then we'll try and we'll workshop a gift idea. Ah, you've fallen into my trap, uh, Junior Firpo. <laughs> you've
0: set me up.
1: Um, I saw you coming, <laughs> Junior Firpo. Flights probably. For a nice family getaway, uh, for a nice half-season-long getaway to (laughs) Saidi okay, (laughs) uh, in order to free up the space uh, for a new left back, which is what I'd get Daniel Farka. Um, Ah, there you go. Yeah. So I'd get Farka left back, and and then and and he'd be obviously very grateful. Um, And then I and then from behind my back, I'd pull a number ten. Uh, and he'd think, oh, you've really spoiled me. Um, and then I'd take him outside and hand him the keys to a brand-new number nine as well, um, Okay. because I'm incredibly generous. Uh, I wonder if Parag Marathi, who was pacing the director's box before Ipswich like a like a tiger, I wonder if he'll be as generous in, in January. Um, you know, I hadn't actually thought they needed a nine until I was driving back from Manchester Airport in the dead of night at the weekend when I thought, you know, actually a nine would would be useful. Um, but it's finding these players available at this time of year as well, isn't it? Because if you've got a nine who's scoring goals, unless he's in like League One, unless he's in the lower reaches of the championship and you're gonna you're prepared to spend 10, 15 million on him, he's not moving anywhere, is he? Because if there's a nine in the Premier League that's scoring, he's not coming to the championship.
0: Oh, of course not, no. And if there's a nine in the Premier League that isn't playing, that isn't scoring, it's likely because he isn't playing. And if he isn't playing, he's yeah. not up to speed. And is he? But is it worth bringing him in instead of Ruteiro or Piero? I, 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 you mentioned that League One there. I think there's a striker in League Two that Leeds should go for, or at least I think. Anyway, it's my personal opinion. And you're going to call me a little EFL Euro nerd or pervert or whatever it is, <laughs> Virgin. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. <laughs>
1: I've, Go missed, on. I've missed
0: these um Ali Alhamadi at Wimbledon of course um I think he'd be an excellent addition for Leeds because he fits the profile that Leeds need he's very good at uh, he's a very good pressing forward he's very good at running the channels he's good at getting in behind he's 6 foot 2 he's physical um he's he I think he's he's what Matteo Joseph would be if you put him on, on like a mass gainer course for like 2 years solid um and also knows how to hit the back of the net um, I think he'd be a great sign in. I think his contract's up in june twenty twenty five so not a huge it wouldn't be a huge outlay um and what else was there? I don't think he's on like a ridiculous ridiculous terms at Wimbledon either because he he's i think he dropped dropped down the divisions, went to Wickham then he was on loan at somewhere in the national league um and he's had to do it the hard way and I, I really think he could do a job, certainly. With half an hour of games, you know, if Farka's going to play him for that amount of time or, f- or would hypothetically, uh, I think he'd be a great addition and somebody who could genuinely test, um, you know, Farka's resolve in terms of, right, we've got this type of game. Am I going to sit a little bit deeper? Are we going to play the channels a bit more, get him running into the half spaces, get, you know, James, Somerville, Nanto, Ruter, Supporting him behind because there's there's always the potential that you could play with a more out and out number nine and drop Ruter into the ten, couldn't you? Yeah, um, yeah, you could. So that, that's that's where I am with that. Um, back, no, back to, to, back, to back to gifts. Back to gifts. Charlie uh, Creswell. I'm going to go with a punch bag or a speed ball because he, say, say, he
1: again cannot be happy with his minutes. No, I would say. Um, now that's what I call country 2024 because he he's big into his country music mm-hmm. um but I also say that he can listen to that uh, on his way to a lone stint with um actually I don't even know where I'd send him because you don't want to strengthen maybe you want to strengthen someone down slightly lower down the championship table you know so or, he can or, maybe
0: or maybe you want to strengthen I don't know a, a team north of the border who wear blue maybe.
1: Yes, I mean, he could go to St. Johnson, I suppose, or Kilmarnock. <laughs> um, if he's going to uh, be able to get up the A9, yeah. That is not a bad shot, actually. Um, put a few more hairs on his chest, get himself a, a league title, maybe also a Europa League What title. a career that would be
0: so far, um, though. Like Leeds United, Millwall, Rangers. That's, yeah. you know, he'd, he'd be... I mean, I don't flying that Union Jack
1: proud and high. <laughs> um, yeah, he'd, he'd, he'd certainly have built up a tolerance to kind of expectation and criticism, wouldn't he? Yeah. Um, uh, all that's running through my mind is the is the full transcript of that video that Baron Cross took at, at Millwall when the Leeds <laughs> players were walking in. That's
0: still my favourite video of the
1: season. 90% of which we cannot repeat on a, on a podcast. Um, you go, hold on, we can repeat one. <laughs> and
0: it would be um it actually leans into the uh to the, yeah. the gift giving for certain players. You can't grow a beard, Shaq. So uh, I would get I would get um a a beard transplant voucher, you know, if he goes across to
1: wherever they do those uh for Jamie Shackleton. Yeah, um, you'd, just you'd be, you know. sent, you'd be sending Shaq to Turkey or Bulgaria to have hair from the back of his leg implanted into his chin. Um <laughs> <laughs> what can possibly go wrong? Uh I'd probably get Sam Byram. I'd give Sam Byram um somebody else's hamstring. Uh I nearly said Firpo's then, but actually Furbo himself has had hamstring injury. So yeah. um someone would have to we'd have to sacrifice someone <laughs> in order to give them <laughs> give Sam Byram their hamstring because Byram's importance is seen in the results when he's not played. Um, and also in Farka's comments that he said, I think I've got yeah. him
0: here. Um, look how well prepared and professional I am. Um, Sam Byram, uh, it's also a good feeling to have Sam Byram back. Um, it's good to have them both. He was referring to, to Furpo there. Uh, and what else? Yeah, for, for, I think he, he said in the pre-embar- pre-West Brom embargo, he said, I think, first of all, we had Sam Byron back with us today. He just trained with us yesterday and I had him on the team sheet for 10 or 15 minutes. He'll have two more days training and is then fully available for the game. That's good. Um, he's, you know, I mean, he was like Sam Byron. He, in fact, looking at this now, every single answer that he gave in the pre-West Brom press conference he, uh, he mentioned Byron. Sam Byron, we don't have to talk about him. I think an outstanding season and the most consistent in my team so far. That was the quote I was looking for um, when I started that that little piece
1: there. But yeah. We don't have to raising. talk about him. We don't have to talk about him, but I'm going to mm. excessively. Uh, yeah, Sam Byron is hugely important. Um, Ethan Ampadu, I'd get him a nice spa break. Um, just anything where he could put his feet up for five minutes. Uh, and not be entirely relied upon. Um, he is—he is one that he's threatening to be the Matthias Click of this team, isn't he? And mm. playing all of the football all of the time. Uh, and it is—it is brutal to. It's unnecessary, though, when you see how yeah. much influence he has. Yeah, massively. Um, so he'd have to go on that spa break, you know, somewhere between. I'll tell you when he could do it. When Leeds go to Peterborough, when Leeds go to Peterborough. Farka should send Ampadu off to some to Iceland or somewhere to spend a weekend entirely in silence with his feet up <laughs> in a variety of hot and cold environments. Um, yeah, yeah but you know this is Leeds United we're talking about. Knowing Leeds's luck, there'd
0: be a volcanic eruption in Iceland, which would you know delay his return and he wouldn't, he wouldn't get back, back for, for six if, weeks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, th- there are there are other spas available in the united kingdom i'm fairly sure yeah there's probably one It's probably one in
1: yorkshire somewhere not far from thorpe arch or probably not far. they probably play golf there if we're being honest they would probably just build one somewhere at thorpe arch so they could keep an eye on him um and have him under armed guard uh who else would uh would there be who would who would be requiring a gift at this time of year um Again, Ruter, I'm, I'm going. I'm going back to thinking about that
0: about Baron's video at Millwall. Um, and thinking, but I can't say that. So,
1: yeah, don't I'm say that. Going to keep still. Uh, Ruter, I'd probably get him a Labrador, um, that he could become best friends with, and and they could act the same together, lolloping around, mm-hmm. um, tearing up toilet rolls and and boxes, terrorizing the postman, um. Christopher Klassen, what would you get him Christopher Klassen? That's a good question. Uh, a, a,
0: a ticket on the the Stena ferry across back to Norway from the from Hull
1: so we can actually maybe, play yeah. football maybe he, he's, he's played nothing. Yeah, maybe he needs a season back at home being a bit of a hero for um someone just Go to on, get name a, name a Norwegian team. <laughs> Uh, that one he came from that begins with V uh, Valangra yeah, oh there you go you've actually gone for the one which is most difficult to pronounce yeah um, so that's where that's where I send him um, is Bodo 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 Glimpt yes Bodo Glimpt Norwegian yeah. Yeah, yeah maybe send him there as well uh, who else who else is there
0: that uh... Carl Darlo. could you get him like a motivational quotes book for the next few games
1: yeah <laughs> maybe <laughs> Yeah, I tell you, that's a big time to come in, isn't it? Big old time to come in. Who saw this happening? Um,
0: but that's what you—that's literally what you're a professional footballer and goalkeeper for. You come in at big moments. You have to. You know, there's yeah. It's, it's, it's a unique position.
1: Yeah, well, look at Melia. Look when Melia had to come in. He had to come in during the, the championship promotion run-in because Kiko got found guilty by the FA of racism. So, um, so Melia as a as a child with a very deep voice, he had to come straight in to the most important period of the season, bar none, for a team that needed promotion there and then. I mean, the city needed it, never mind the team. So, yeah, what Darlow's doing is nothing that Melier hasn't done. uh, But I'm not sure I can see it going the same way and Darlow keeping Melier out of the team after this. I, I, I would imagine Melier will be back in after his suspension.
0: Well, it depends how Darlow does, I think, because do you remember when Joe Roden couldn't get back in the team after his red card? His very harsh red card against Hull. Yeah, but then he did. I know he did, but, you know, that was after... Was was that uh, after the
1: Southampton game when Cooper maybe had a bit of a an off day? Yeah, but also, you know, when Farker talked about Darlow and distribution, that just made me think they need Melier in there for his feet as much as anything else. Because Darlow's not quite the same, is he? And also, he's, he kicks the he other did foot. mention, yeah,
0: he did mention that Le- that Leeds might have to change their approach and go go a bit longer, uh, and and sort of condition the forwards of the, what the type of balls that they're going to be receiving. Um, which again, it shows that he's got a good handle on his squad. Um, yeah, do do we think it's maybe the beard that melie is starting to grow recently that's maybe made him so so very angry? There's an sort of an uptick <laughs> an uptick in his testosterone um levels. <laughs> it just looks it looks all wrong. Melier should be baby faced. He should be a goalkeeper 35, 36, who still looks about eighteen. How, how old is he? Twenty-two? Twenty-three. He's two thousand born. So yeah,
1: he's twenty-three. I mean he's he twenty three until hit... so he turns twenty-four. That's how it works. He has hit puberty late. I will say that. <laughs> um or maybe uh... it's just been staggered. So
0: like it the 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 growth spurt that that boys go through you know he had that at I don't know seven uh probably <laughs> and then you know the, the,
1: the facial hair element is, is now started to come through at 23. He um, didn't have time for puberty because he was playing first team football for FC Laurent and then for Leeds so maybe his body's just finally thought no enough's enough you need to go through this now um here Odo FC Bloody hell, you've been
0: you, you've been given a, a European football um <laughs> almanac for
1: Christmas haven't you here, have some testosterone and deal with this, son, at Preston away. Um, yeah, I think I think we've exhausted the gifts thing. I can't think of any really whimsical uh, gifts to give out. Um, no, I think we've done well there. Um, next on the agenda, then,
0: uh, some of your favourite off-camera moments in recent weeks, because obviously that we've had the, the Blackburn game, and... Um, Oh, God, we haven't had a chance to discuss the train. Oh, my God. Um, the Blackburn game, the Sunderland game, we had Coventry, Ipswich, and, yeah, Preston. So, well, you weren't at Preston, famously. Um, so your off-cam moments from those that
1: quartet, please. Uh, the train to Blackburn. So we had our Christmas night out the night before Blackburn and cleverly stayed in Leeds. Um, because of the train strikes and the ability to get to Blackburn the next day. The train that we got on, I think it's fair to say it was more oversubscribed than the Leeds United season ticket holder list. In fact, there were probably as many on the waiting list for that train as there were on the waiting list for membership at Leeds or for a season ticket at Leeds. Um, it was horrific, absolutely horrific. That was It was so dreadful that I felt absolutely fine getting on the train and woefully hung over getting off it and then on the train back i've been waiting waiting to tell this story um so if you are not a leeds fan right and you find yourself on a train full of leeds fans as a civilian you probably just put your headphones in keep your head down you know you let the you let the zoo carry on around you and then you get off the train everything's fine if you're the fan of another team you probably just keep your head down a little bit, you know. You might converse with some reasonable and not-too-merry not too, um, not too merry fans, you know, those that haven't quite been drinking since 8 in the morning, um, and then you get off the train. If you're a fan of the team that Leeds have just played, do you A, sit down, say nothing, and just enjoy the show, or do you B, stand up on a seat Banging the roof of the train and singing the same song about Vincent Company over and over, until people realise, "Hang on a minute, this guy that's making all this noise, it's not a Leeds fan." Which would you? Which would you do? What would be your course of action? Ah, uh, it's, it's really tempting to sing about Vincent Company, but I'm probably going to say, uh, "Keep my head down." I would say you'd probably lock yourself in the toilet and cry, but the <laughs> the toilet was actually <laughs> the toilet was flooded. Um, <laughs> with, with a yeah, it, well, it was so disgustingly grim. And then a tree came down just outside New Potsy, and we had to stay on the train for a long time. It's always something, isn't there? Um, now this guy decided to take the singing loudly about Vincent Company, the same song over and over and over again. Course of action, and eventually got himself chinned. Um, and it was just one of the most horrific train journeys of my life. Uh, yeah, I, I feel like that's a bit of. Therapy for me, managing to get that off my chest now. Mm. Uh, we went to Sunderland. Did anything good happen there?
0: No, it uh, never does. Um, I, I was—I mean, I've been inside the Stadium of Light before, and I was just staggered by the fact. I mentioned this to you and Phil on the on the way up on the staircase that the the interior decor of the sort of the the main entrance at at the Stadium of Light is very very much like what I imagine the Titanic was like. And then you look up to see when the Stadium of Light was built. It was 1996. And you think, who have they hired to do this? You know, it's very, there's lots of golds and reds and carpets and it just, it's very unfootball uh, stadium-like.
1: And as I because, remarked to you, I yes, was waiting for Adam Pope, waiting for me at the top of the stairs in like a white tuxedo with a, with a, with a beautiful scarf. Um, <laughs> like that's you're, you're getting you're getting Leonardo DiCaprio You're wrong. <laughs> oh, you're right. He was an urchin in Titanic. That's right. Um. But yeah, I, I, yeah, the whole Titanic thing annoys me because she was absolutely fine when she left Belfast, and then you lot got your hands on her and ran her into some ice. All right. Okay. Um,
0: let's not start a geopolitical debate again. Um, about things to have come out of Belfast. Uh, right. <laughs> okay, okay, off-camera moments at uh, Coventry. Well, not at Coventry, uh, Ellen Road for the Coventry game.
1: I to mind. can't even remember. 1-1. One, 1-1. One. One, one. I, I can't even remember anything that happened. I can't remember what the goals were like. <laughs> okay. uh, I've eaten a lot of food and consumed a lot of dairy-free Bailey's Alternative and Guinness over the last few days so asking me what happened yesterday never mind what happened against Coventry I mean ultimately if if you want to you can google off-camera moments Yorkshire Evening Post from the Coventry game and just read through uh, what I wrote um, but nothing nothing in particular jumps out at me uh, okay off-camera moments from the Ipswich game
0: uh... And while you think, because I know you can multitask, while you think, how many plate, how many full plates of like roast dinner, Christmas dinner, have you had since Christmas Eve? Go. So. <laughs> um, several. Several. Oh, that's rubbish. That's a rubbish answer. I've had Rub- four. Four? four
1: or five, four. Yeah, one a day. One a yeah. day. Yeah, one a day keeps the health and fitness away um, yeah, it keeps the cholesterol at bay so
0: Absolutely.
1: ipswich ipswich was when we saw Maratti <clears throat> walking up and down the te- the no, the noise at the technical area the director's box no like, that was the mem- that was the previous chairman <laughs> um do you remember when uh, when bielsa used to pace up and down and people had asked him in fact somebody asked him in a press conference once didn't they when he was manager of I think when he was manager of chile or argentina they said that you you paced the 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 box 13 times or whatever or you took exactly 13 steps seven times and and Bielsa made fun of them for counting and watching him instead of like watching the game um yeah marate looked like a i don't know a nervous man like like he was waiting outside the delivery room for a for a child um to be born for three points to be born against a promotion rival um what was what was good in that game there was <laughs> there was a point when melier played the ball out on the full instead of know he went aerial to to six foot five daniel james on the right wing and um six foot ball, five daniel james yeah the ball flew out over the giant winger's head and farker gave him a big thumbs up like you know right idea you know it was the good idea you know the way a striker does when a, a fullback plays a crossfield ball and woefully overhits it or under hits it and the striker gives him a thumbs up as if to say you know, that's the right idea, you'll you'll get it next time. And then Melier's kicking went so comically downhill from there. <laughs> it was like I was waiting for Farker to give him a thumbs down. Um and then a lion to appear and, and maul him. Uh yeah, that wasn't that was the only downside of that game was, was Melier's distribution. Uh Kieran McKenna being very angry at the fourth official after Stroik dumped was it Chaplin he dumped on the ground? Yeah.
0: For the just first before goal.
1: Leeds went up and won a corner. Um, that was kind of the start of Leeds big brothering, Ipswich. Uh, I wish we'd done a podcast after that, because we could have abs- just purred for 50 minutes about how good it was. Well, you sh- you should have thought of that before having a family, Graham. Yeah. So... <laughs> <laughs> uh, know, I,
0: I, I was there. I was ready. I've always got the microphone on me. I'm strapped. Um, but you... I'll tell you what we you, should talk about. You were about. going to Manchester Airport. You were... Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: I'll tell you what I should talk about. Leif Davis. Oh, that's, that's rough. Come on, he's been through enough. No, what I want to talk about was how Elland Road, it 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 cheered as his name went up because he'd scored an own goal and given away a penalty and done his absolute utmost to make sure that his former club beat his current club. His, his number went up. He's a big, important player for Ipswich, and they they went into... Protection mode. Let's get our, our good players off and, and rest them and protect them for the Leicester game coming up Davis was one of those and of course he's on the far side of the pitch which means he has to walk all the way around <laughs> and Leeds fans had kind of cheered when his name went up um, Because they had been ribbing him throughout the game then they gave it the your leads and you know you are and then their conscience kicked in maybe it's because it was Christmas um, I don't know, but people suddenly collectively realised, ah, actually, he didn't do anything wrong when he was a Leeds player. He's, he's all right. He's an all right lad. And, uh, and they applauded him. In fact, he got a bit of a standing ovation as he came around. And he was caught in that horrible situation of wanting to recognise you know, the gesture that he was getting, but knowing that he couldn't applaud above his head or, or show any real signs of gratitude because the epswich fans would have flayed him so he just kind of put out he put out a hand a low hand you know to say the kind of hand you put out whenever somebody stops at a zebra crossing as they should for you to walk across because you've got the right to walk across but you put a hand out anyway to say you know cheers for not being an idiot um that was the kind of hand that he put out uh to say thank you um and i felt i felt sorry for him um and then there was then there was Farker giving his debriefs all round, um, as he likes to do on the pitch after a game. It's become a bit of a feature now, hasn't it? His instant debriefs. Um, that's all I can remember from reading it off the YEP website just now. <laughs> Is that because um, you had one too many of the
0: Farker beers that he, um, he kindly presented to us at the end of his post-match press conference?
1: No, I still haven't. Uh, I still haven't. I haven't had time.
0: To I haven't have crossed mine yet. either.
1: No. Um, no.
0: Yeah, I mean, there, there were uh, more. Beer. There were two crates worth. There were forty-eight of them. I and mean, I don't know what he thought we were going to do, or how any of us got to the game, considering <laughs> that we were all pretty much driving. Um, but it—it it was the thought that counted. Um, I think I might save mine just in case. You know, there's some reason for celebration at the end of the season, or commiseration. Well, there's there's both. That's why it's. I think I believe it's a Homer Simpson quote when it's like alcohol, the cause of and the answer to all of life's problems. <laughs> um, so, yeah, yeah. It's so totally West, uh,
1: West West Bromwich Albion then. Carlos Corcoran, um he, he he is a man who he would give his right eye for a clean sheet, and that worries me. Um, it worries me that they <laughs> you can they give would, him one of yours. <laughs> <laughs> he would be uh, left with three. Here, have some astigmatism. Um, <laughs> he. He'll have them drilled, he'll have them organised and that is a concern because when Leeds have come up against, like Sunderland, for example, um, a team who is very well, well drilled and well organised and defensively concentrated, they have struggled on the road especially. So there's a slight worry there. There's a challenge there for Leeds and it's an opportunity for Farca to prove that you know, we're all getting carried away or, or panicking over over nothing because he has the solutions to this. Um, but I think it's going to ask a lot of Leeds to score goals, plural, against West Brom. And I'd probably... Oh, would I take a draw after, after Preston? Maybe, I'm not sure I would. At some stage, Leeds are going to have to go on like an almost perfect run if they're going to get automatically promoted, aren't they? It's, we're yeah. going to have to, at some point, we're going to have to stop saying things like, oh, well, you know, after the start they had, it's it's really good. And in any other season, it's not in any other season, it's in this season. And the, the, the front two have been almost perfect. And that's why they're so far ahead. So, so Leeds are gonna have to match that or better it at some stage if they're gonna catch them. Um, and it's all very well, absolutely hammering the tractor boys at home. You gotta start beating teams away from home.
0: Yep, yep, absolutely. Uh, and on that note, what's your team? What's your t- your winning team? Not not predicting what Farker's is going to do, but what's your winning team that beats Birmingham? Uh, sorry, Dan- West Brom.
1: Danny Vanden Hervel. Uh, no, come on, serious now. Okay, Carl Darlow, obviously. Um, Spence at right back. Okay, interesting. Byram at left back. Oh, okay. Now we're on, now we're cooking. Strike and Rodon. Uh, Ampadu, obviously. Oh, Gray or Kamara? Kamara, I think. Um, Nyonto, right wing. Okay. Uh. Do I put Somerville at 10? Or do I play Somerville at left wing? Oh, I'm I'm torn. I'm absolutely torn. I'm absolutely racked with indecision here. I could never be a manager. I'm, I've just entered a full-blown existential crisis, and, and there's absolutely nothing riding on this whatsoever. And I'm breaking out into oh, a cold there sweat.
0: There is. Uh, <laughs> there absolutely is. There's the regard and you know my think, how, how can I trust this man's ratings when he
1: can't pick where to play? Crescencio Somerville. Uh, I just don't know if I'd go Peru at ten again. Um, if there was something wrong with the attack. At Preston, then maybe it's just time. Maybe is is Nianto enough of a refresh, Nyonto for James? It feels harsh on James because James has been good. Uh, the shooting but it has is- gone back to being very Dan James in recent weeks, though. Yeah, but at some it's point, game. At some point you're going to have to give Nyonto something, and and he has looked fairly lively, hasn't he, in quite a lot of his cameos. I just Maybe think not. you give him opportunity
0: from the start in a, a full strength front four, and he is back to Willy to best, or at least you're okay. hoping for
1: that. Well, given that him and Somerville always find each other on the pitch anyway, I'm going to play Somerville left wing, okay, and and just for the hell of it, right, and and Daniel, just to, just switch off for this part and then switch back on in thirty seconds. I might even whisper it. I'm going to play Peru at nine. I'm going to play Ruter at ten, just to see, just for the hell of it. Because,
0: because I mean, you know, there's nothing really riding on this game at all. You know, it's
1: a free hit. Um, It's a free
0: hit. We may as well experiment. Let's uh, not go with what's basically delivered forty odd points um, in twenty four games.
1: Yeah, I I respect it. I
0: respect it. It's it's Uh, it's bold. It's probably why you'll never be a manager.
1: Um, (laughs) But I'm I'm happy with that. No, actually, no, I've, I've completely changed my mind because I've just oh realised that if, if they're, if they're going to go longer and if Darlow's going to be smashing yeah. the ball, you want Ruter playing on the shoulder and you want Ruter do, being the man making the runs in behind because is not the man for that. So, and also, you, I feel like if you're if if you're hitting it long,
0: you're going to have to have, you know, how often do goalkeepers, goal kicks go straight down the middle? That You never see that, do you? They always go to the wing, don't they? So you want Router going either side to to win those balls, and then you can also have Piru pushing through through the middle anyway.
1: All right. In those yeah. scenarios. You've, you've charmed me. Um yeah. we'll go so, we'll, we'll go Ruter at nine again. You win again, Farka, and uh and Piru, can be the ten. Um I, I agree. Win. I, I just... wholeheartedly agree with your eleven there. Just agree and it feels harsh on gray because gray in general has been excellent this season and for a 17 year old he's been phenomenal he did have a he did have a poor game at the weekend but it was a poor game at fullback and i feel mm-hmm. like it's harsh to drop him entirely from the team but i also feel like he's 17. he could do with a break now and again a bit of a refresh and then bring him on in the second half to play midfield yeah and i think as well glenn kamara
0: the rhythm that he's playing with now he is just he's everywhere
1: he really is.
0: really liking the way that he's playing so i'm i'm not taking kamara out of the team you know i'm not bringing Ampadu out of the team
1: so but also but also you could do what farka has been unable to do and change the midfield a little bit in the second to, half yeah. if you need to and you could also give kamara more of a rest you could even give kamara 60 minutes take him off and put gray on for 30 um hell take him off at half time right you're going into nutty professor mode here you're going you're
0: going mad professor I should say not the Eddie murphy version um see too many christmas films um, yeah I, I think i think you're right i think let's let's settle on that 11 and okay. um hopefully lock it in yeah let's lock yeah. it in lock okay, it in that's um, a final answer chris yep
1: and um, then what what do you reckon the west brom uh, team will look like i mean i i would imagine just off the top of my head that um, <laughs> um, it'll be unchanged you know palmer Furlong, bartley uh, kipre Townsend. Can you You're say constantly. that while looking at the camera, just out of interest? Uh, probably Moet, uh <laughs> yeah, uh Wallace, Swift, Diangana, Garner, and Thomas Asante, obviously, leading the line. Yeah. Um that would be my best guess, just off the cuff. Mm. Um what are they like? West Brom. I've been aware. Uh, hard to score against, hard to beat. Very oh. corporate cool, esque. Oh good. Oh goody. Yeah, that's that I mean, that is my concern that he'll have them drilled to within an inch of their lives. And they'll um and they'll sit. Um and maybe not, not not so much that they'll they'll sit fully, but I just think they'll they'll relish the task of defending. They'll know how to defend whilst also attacking, basically. Yeah. Is what you're trying to say. What they want is a one nil, isn't it? That's what yeah. that's what after. Funnily enough, what was their uh their last game? It was a one nil against Norwich. Yeah. So He'll be rubbing his little hands, won't he?
0: Well, they're not little. He's a goalkeeper, isn't he? Yeah,
1: rubbing like his massive hands. Three. <laughs> He'll be rubbing his giant hands, his <laughs> oversized, com- comedically oversized hands, and um, and licking his chops at the prospect of a 1-0 victory against former employers who didn't um, employ him in the summer when there was a job going.
0: Well, there you have it then. Um, Leeds up against West Brom next and then Birmingham Birmingham City on New Year's Day. Um, Probably a few sore heads for that game, three o'clock. Graham, behave yourself. Um, And yeah, after that, it's Peterborough in the Cup. We'll have a podcast before that Peterborough game uh, and then Cardiff away. So um, yeah, lots of, uh, again, still lots of football to be played and um, yeah, the next few months are going to fly by. I was sort of looking at the fixtures yesterday evening, putting them all in my 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 calendar i was thinking this this stage of the season you know you blink and it's march so yeah looking forward to it we'll have to wait and see um and if anyone is traveling down to west brom tomorrow or if you're listening to this while you are traveling down um i hope you've got a spare jacket because it's going to be very very cold at the hawthorns which is the highest
1: professional ground in english football so glad you said professional because I was right there ready to jump in with Buxton. I was so close to jumping in yeah. until I, you I said know professional because you. you'd have fallen you. into the trap that so many have fallen into. Uh, exactly. Yeah, I can't, wait. can't wait to freeze. Really looking forward to it. Yeah,
0: that'll be good. Right. This has been the in- Inside Ellen Road podcast with myself, Joe Donoghue and YEP Chief Football Writer, Graham Smith. Uh, safe travels if you are on the road to-, to West Brom. We'll see you soon. Bye for now. Goodbye. The Inside Allen Road podcast is sponsored by PR Supplies at Unit 2 Wither Park Industrial Estate in Leeds. PR Supplies, everything for the home.